Join us at our annual conferences in London, Florida and Sydney to learn everything you need to know about ITAM in the cloud era. For more details, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast, news, reviews and resources for ITAM, SAM and software licensing professionals. Welcome to the ITAM Review Podcast. My name is Martin Thompson from the ITAM Review. And today my guest is uh, Matthias uh, Nops. I hope I've got your uh, surname correct there, Matthias. And uh, from, from <laughs> Espera. Right. And uh, I think uh, we first met Matthias a couple of years ago when you supported us on one of our very first events, if I recall. Uh, either the Tools Day yeah. or uh, was it the Tools Day? I think you, we met you. I think it was, yes. Yeah, uh, so a few years Must ago. Must be around like four years ago or so. Yes, yeah. So welcome to the podcast. Could you introduce yourself, Matthias? Uh, uh, what's, your, uh, what's your role and what do you do? Sure. Um, yeah, uh, thank you for having me. My name is uh, yeah, Matthias Knobs, as you would pronounce it in German, which is uh, totally fine with the English pronunciation. Um, I am responsible for the product portfolio management within Aspera. And uh, I'm with the company for uh, almost six years now, so that is basically what I'm doing. Cool. Okay. And w- d- just on your role, did you start out at the role? What, what did you first do when you joined Aspera? No. When I joined the company, I started off as uh, a consultant, uh, then quickly moved into the area of, well, we call it pre-sales. Some would say sales engineering. So basically, the technical part of sales, just travel around and show people what we can do with the solution maybe think outside of the box a little bit. And then uh, it was decided that it's a good idea to uh, have that feedback from the market requirements back into the product management. And uh, so I, well, slowly um, moved over into the role of the responsible product manager. And uh, as of December, no, sorry, as of uh, October last year, we have founded a uh, entire um, department for product management, which I'm heading. Right, okay. So that is basically not developing the product per se, but maybe steering the direction in terms of what customers want and, and what should go in there, is that right? And promoting those? Exactly. Right. We are considered the natural enemy of the developers <laughs> because we want to push them to, to deliver the best and not the easiest way. And uh, so this is completely independent from the development and uh, or research and development department, yes. Right. And for those um, people in the ITAM space that maybe want to join a vendor at some point, um, how did you, uh, what did you do prior to Aspera and, and what led you to be working at Aspera in the first place? Well, before that, I was employed at a um, IT security um, solution vendor called DeviceLock. It's actually a Russian company that was, uh, or is still active in the area of DLP data loss or data leak prevention. Um, where you can control uh, which kind of USB device, for instance, you can use, which kind of data you can transfer to those devices, and so on and so forth. So completely outside of the entire um, SAM area. I had no clue, no idea about this uh, SAM, and then I was introduced to Aspera by a very dear friend of mine, um, and he said, uh, well, this company is like you, and they're seeking for somebody like you, and um, I had no clue what what, uh, I would have to do. But then, uh, well, once I once I decided to 
well to apply for that job. I got the job and then, well, everything else, history, I had to learn a couple of things. And when I was asked why or what I would like to do, I said, well, traveling, presentations, English, German, technical, not a lot of preparations. And then uh, they said, okay, that sounds like a, um, like a pre-sales consultant. So um, come and work with us. Cool. I remember I used to compete against you because I used to work for a company called Centennial Software uh, before, I ah, started, yeah. before I started the item review, and they bought uh, yeah. they bought a product called um, Device Wall, which was like US USB ah, were, yeah. locking stuff, which was competitive to that. I get to, to your your previous role, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So we were enemies, and now we can be friends. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like um, I get. I mean, it's yeah. Strictly speaking, it's not Sam, but it's not a million miles away. It's endpoint control. It's managing what's going on in endpoints. So it's it's not it's not a huge leap away, is it? Sure. And if we are looking at the current development uh, in the markets, so vendors like Flexera and Snow. Um, have acquired solutions around um, vulnerability, IT security, DLP, and so on. So apparently, it's somehow considered to be or to become part of of, of SAM, which I don't see quite. But well, at least a lot of people are also talking about data leak prevention these days, right? Even in the SAM space. So I, I was keen to pick your brains, uh, Matthias, because um, for those listening to this podcast, Aspera is focused on enterprise SAM, uh, SAM for large complex enterprises, but you don't have an inventory and discovery tool. You are inventory and tool, uh, inventory and discovery tool agnostic. Is that, is that right? Exactly. Yes. So I'm keen to understand so, what you, uh, what you think or what your requirements are, because obviously you're, you're the success of SmartTrack and this bearer SAM solution is dependent on the success of inventory discovery from other people potentially. So I'm keen to know from your experience what you would recommend to our readers in terms of looking at inventory discovery and what should be done there. Yeah, that is great. Okay. So uh, maybe to answer that question, I have to start a little bit earlier. So when, when Aspera was founded, the first well, real or remarkable customer was uh, Robert Bosch, a German car parts manufacturer, uh, manufacturer. And they said that they need a solution that follows three principles. Um, it had to be scalable, uh, web-based, and data source agnostic because they had already a couple of um, discovery solutions somewhere in their already then larger organization. That is the reason why we have never never entered um, the, the field of um, well building or um, somehow well making our own discovery solution. Um, over the years, we have accumulated a, a lot of knowledge around the existing previous or uh, typically existing um, uh, data sources that are out there. There are a couple of them that are related to software deployment. Uh, vast majority of customers are using like a Microsoft FCCM for deploying uh, their solution, uh, their, their, their software packages. But then there are other data sources that we would need anyways, like an Active Directory or any other um, directory service. Um, a couple of uh, other data sources for organizational information, um, for, for user information, an SAP HR, PeopleSoft, or you name those. So we anyways would not look at just one discovery solution if we have to, um, to do um, comprehensive SAM. Um, because of that, we, well, we specialized in attaching SmartTrack to any kind of data source. 
Um, and then it depends, of course, on a little bit on the quality of the of the information that we're getting. It's like every other solution, it's a garbage in, garbage out system. Depending on the quality of data that you're loading, you can you can assume that the um, results are either reliable or not. Um, when, whenever we find um, a situation where a customer wants to wants to do SAM for products that the existing data sources cannot deliver the information for, we have to intervene and well support the customer in plugging those holes or remedying this, this situation. A classical situation would be um, somebody with a fairly like Microsoft affine um, uh, environment is using SCCM, which is fine for everything that is client related. By default, with an SCCM, you don't get an, um, the addition of a SQL server. It's possible to configure that into SCCM. You just have to know how to do it. It will never deliver on additions of any other server products like uh, SharePoint or Exchange or so. For those, you would need another uh, data source or another inventory solution. It's possible, of course, to replace the existing well feature or the, the existing solution, but it's also possible to just query the servers uh, for which you need additional information. And that is typically what we are doing. So we are leveraging whatever a customer has, and then we come in with a, either a, a another discovery solution if, if the customer needs one, or with a set of scripts, or with any other processes to, to retrieve that information. So, so how do you, if we, take, so, if, we, um, if we take a step back a second, you have, let's say you've got a brand new customer, and you want to yeah. license management for them, uh, what is the sh how do you determine what is in the shopping list for discovery and inventory? Because it can be different for every customer, although there's going to be similarities between, you know, it, you know everyone's going to have probably Microsoft, for example. But what, what how do you devise that shopping list? Cause they're saying, right, we want your help in, you know, seeing if our discovery and inventory is fit for purpose. How do you help them build that? Okay. First question would be, what is the customer's scope? What manufacturers, what products does he want to manage? That determines the data that we need. Then we know, uh, the second question would be, what kind of discovery or inventory solution does the customer already have? Then we can map the requirements to the known features of those solutions. And if we determine that, uh, for instance, the customer is only using SCCM, but also has a couple of Linux or Unix machines, and that's in the current version, it's uh, apparently possible to run that also on Linux and Unix, but typically SCCM will only cover Microsoft. That would be kind of a situation where we say, well, you need something for Linux or Unix. Um, if a customer wants to do, well, license management for Oracle, even in just Windows environments, then we would still need something else because SCCM is not capable of delivering information around Oracle databases. So that basically is this, uh, these two questions. What does the customer want to manage and what does he already have? If he has no uh, non or not sufficient uh, uh, coverage from, from existing tools, then we have a list of well preferred partners or custom um, 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 tools that we have good made uh, good experience with, and then we would recommend something to the customer. We are typically working with uh, with different solutions from Raynet, um, iQuate, uh, Aerosend, uh, InControl. So. Basically, a couple of different, but we are also open to, to work with HP or, well, even with a Flexera scanner, we do have a, a data connection because a couple of customers have chosen this as a discovery solution, and but, but SmartTrack as the SAM platform. So we have to integrate with, with even with our competitors in order to retrieve information from those uh, solutions.
So what you said, set the scope, uh, identify what you're going to manage, and then that will determine, uh, you can then look at what you, your current discovery and inventory um, systems are in place at the moment, and you can spot any gaps. So can, can you give me sure. an example of, let's say that, let's say that SQL Server in, you know, uh, is, is in scope, and that's a very high spend mm -hmm. for the customer. So what, yep. what would your process be for determining whether they've got the right discovery inventory for that? Okay. So first of all, in order to determine um, a Windows server, or sorry, a SQL server installation, you typically need to know that it is there. You need to know the version. You need to know the edition. You need to know if there is a running instance. You need to know if there is software assurance. And you need to know the, well, the metric. Is it uh, core or uh, uh, instance-based? A couple of those things can be delivered by a variety of discovery solutions. That it is there is typically easy. Version, easy. Edition, sort of easy, but again, SCCM has its problems, but you know, need to know how to get around it. Typically, that is kind of a very early thing that, that most of the discovery solutions can, can deliver on. Software assurance, not possible. Um, model, uh, like uh, uh, metric, also not, deter not detectable. So therefore, uh, we have to set an assumption or we have to uh, agree with the customer what uh, what to set as default, and then we can overrule that later if necessary. Running instance is something that uh, is basically in the in the user license agreement, but I have never encountered a customer that is actually looking at that. Typically, if uh, a SQL is installed and it's also up and running, therefore uh, that is kind of obsolete. In addition to to knowing that we need to understand how the metric works. First of all, there is a difference between installing it on a physical machine or a virtual machine. We would typically see a SQL on Windows servers. Um, nowadays, with version 2016, it's apparently also possible to run it on, um, on, on uh, Linux and Unix. But uh, let's stick with the Windows part. Um, then the typical hypervisor technologies that are used are VMware or Hyper-V, uh, which means that we need to have virtualization information. We need to have hardware attributes, like a CPU type, number of CPUs, number of cores, uh, hyper-threading active or not. And, um, and of course, the inventory data that, that, I, um, that I spoke about before. So these are three different areas, um, like the hardware, the virtualization, and the software inventory. Well, hardware and, software and virtualization, we can typically get from VMware or from Hyper-V directly. So there is no need for a hardware discovery, like dedicated hardware discovery solution. Sometimes customers do have that in a CMDB, but if we are looking at a blank customer have, uh, who has nothing in, in, in place, then we would attach to Hyper-V or to VMware to the vSphere instances and read those information directly from there. That gives us the entire platform. Then we need an inventory part of the software, which gives us then at least that there is a SQL server of the version and the edition. We would typically define or, well, if, if somebody asks me by default, I would always go with a well, processor or core metric, depending on the version, um, because this is something that we can detect. And if the customer says, well, I want to license this one with a server call model, um, then he needs to tell me how many people are accessing the server, and then we can also determine the number of calls, and we can switch it apparently from uh, processor or core into the um, the server call model um, to determine the license demand for for SQL Server then. And, and what if we look at something on the desktop? 
and let's say that the driver for one of your new prospects or new customers is reducing waste by removing unused copies. That requires yeah. slightly different for inventory discovery because then you need to be able to track usage and maybe even look exactly. at last used date or something. And there's lots of different, you know, intensity or, you know, you can get very forensic tools that say, Mateus logged in at nine o'clock, he did 23 keystrokes, and then he switched to another application. And then there's, an, there's others that just say, oh, Mateus only used Visio three months ago, that was the last time he opened it. And that's about as much information as you get. Yeah. So where, where do you sit on that? Because <clears throat> what do you need to be successful with smart track in terms of usage? Okay, so technically, um, it's a major difference. Uh, the SQL Server stuff, for instance, can be determined by a agentless solution, such as uh, the solution from iCrate, iQSONA. Um, metering always requires an agent that is permanently sitting on the on the machine and uh, will monitor the started processes. Um, well, coming from <laughs> coming from Germany, from the country with all the rules and laws and stuff, and a lot of privacy as well. Um, we have a we have a hard time convincing our workers council to to do like in-depth metering as you described it in the in the latter example so typically what we would like uh, what we would look at is no it was the first example sorry the, the, uh, what we would typically look at is the, the second one so just when has somebody um, launched an application for the last time the last use date it's just a date not even a time, not even a duration, not even something that uh, somebody did in that in that tool. It's just the date when somebody launched the application. Um, that can be done by a variety of tools. Um, everything that is basically agent-based and can can uh, provide that. Uh, SCCM can do that. A couple of uh, others as well. And it typically is tied to a file scan when, for instance, Visio.exe has been um, executed for the last time. Um, we can put that um, as an additional data feed into SmartTrack. We can um, identify the um, installed version, edition, etc. of the of the application itself via the typical uh, ways with like add remove program information or the, the WMI uh, results uh, there. Or uh, and we can in addition we can we can add the the information when the executable has been started for the last time. Um, then it's possible to configure per product how long some or how long a non-usage period can take or can be before it is flagged as harvestable, and I'm not sure if that is worse. So um, you can, it, it, I would typically say the the more expensive a solution is, the shorter the, this this um, period of non-usage should be. Um, cheaper uh, installations you can keep maybe for 180 days or whatever, but if it's like an MS project professional or so, then you would, would maybe set that, set that even to 50 days or so. What then happens is that those installations are flagged as, as uh, non-used, and then there are multiple different processes that can be established, and we have seen, well, a variety of those with our customers. The lightweight example would be that SmartTrack would send an email to the user saying, um, Hi Martin, you have not used this uh, the following list of applications for the past I don't know 90 days. Please call up help desk and have them remove this, th those installations from your computer. Knowing that people are typically greedy and they will not give something up that they already have, I don't think that this is a proper process because 
I think that nobody will call help desk and have them remove any installations because everybody is afraid that tomorrow they would need it. The other end of that span of that, that, that scale would be um, a customer that has established a process where after, they, they call it use it or lose it. So after a certain period of non-usage, those applications are seamlessly deinstalled from the computer of the user. He is not even notified. He will still um, uh, preserve or they still have the, the icon, but the icon doesn't apparently launch the deinstall program, but it launches the redeployment process. Right. Being already approved for that software, it's not even necessary for somebody to interact. The software is, is just, well, redeployed to uh, to the customer or to the user's desktop. The thing is, of course, this is not possible with all applications. You have to have something like an early installation, right? You can do that for Microsoft. You cannot typically do that for Adobe products and so on. But it depends, uh, again, on the scope of the product that you want to use that. And are there, I mean, there's, there's, some, um, there's, yeah. there's open source uh, imagery tools um, and, and, mm -hmm. and cheerful discovery tools. And being agnostic, is it, I mean, is it possible that sometimes an open source tool will do if, if the customer doesn't need that in-depth information, they just want a quick desktop discovery using open source tools? Absolutely. What you'd recommend? OCS Inventory, a open source, uh, I think it's actually from France, the, the solution, um, is, is, is uh, um, frequently used by a couple of customers, even in larger organizations. Um, we have a, um, a grocery store chain, over here, um, that is uh, uh, inventorying 15,000 desktops with OCS, so no, no problem. Sure, yeah. you can use it. Especially for the desktop environment, I imagine, when... Absolutely, uh, it's, yes. It's, yeah, it's not overly complex. Okay, and um, can you can you highlight what you think, your, your opinion, in terms of... Because we've talked about discovery and inventory. Can you just clarify the difference and, and why it matters to Sam? Um, I have learned from, um, I'm quoting iQuake here, they, they taught me that. They said we, they have a, like a three-stage approach. Stage number one is um, discover the devices in a network. That is typically done by a network, uh, port, IP, uh, scan, however. So you find that there are devices. And typically, you will already know what kind of device it is, a print server, um, a server, a tablet, a desktop, whatsoever. Um, so that's the first step. That would be the like device discovery. In step number two, they do the device inventory, because they already know what kind of device it would be. And then they chose the, uh, chose the um, appropriate um, communication method. Um, WMI for Windows, SSH for, um, for Linux or Unix, SNMP for network devices and so on, to communicate with those machines. What they do in the exact same uh, um, situation is they are communicating with those machines and they are discovering the applications that are installed on the, on the computer. Discover means you would see, for instance, a list of applications such as an Oracle DB. And then you determine in the third step that you need to inventory that. You need to go into those applications and maybe find additional information. So it's kind of a three-step thing. What they always do is this differentiate between discover, find, and inventory, look into the details and figure out whatever is necessary. 
that that is basically their definition. I would actually go with that. So discovery and, and inventory or scan or whatever solutions are the, the, the terms are typically used um, uh, um, as synonyms, but they are slightly different. Um, what we would need uh, is ultimately inventory data. Um, of course, in order to inventory something, you need to know that it's there, and that is what you need discovery for. Right. Did that make sense? Yeah, and obviously inventory allows you to track the changes over time as well, which can be important, whereas you wouldn't get that with just discovery. Sure. Exactly, yeah. So let's let's say that you've, um, you've got a new prospect or, or new customer, and you've got maybe they've got SCCM for desktops, and maybe they've got ADDM or something for the data center. So you think, oh, great, they've got you know comprehensive discovery on each. But then the reality is there's politics and there's partially phased tools and all these sorts of things. So what might happen is they might they might own the licenses to use those products, but actually haven't been rolled out properly or they've only been rolled out in certain countries. Um, so how, how do you get around that? Because you, in order to do license management, you need to get 100% coverage. So what happens if they haven't quite got it right? Yeah, I mean, uh, we need to show this. And then we need to go back to the customer and say, well, this is what you still have to cover. Uh, we can obviously not make up um, the, the, the inventory of devices that we don't know about. What we typically would do is um, we attach to external data sources, such as Active Directory, for instance. Then we count the numbers of devices that are registered in that. Then we would go back to our SCCM data feed and compare the number of devices that is coming from SCCM plus the ones that are coming from ADDM. If you have all your servers somewhere in your Active Directory or in your directory service, then it is possible to compare the figures. If we have a deviation, then something is wrong. Either there are still entries in, a, in, in your directory service that are uh, obsolete, so um, AD zombie devices, for instance, or it is that uh, simply your discovery solution does not cover everything. Most of the customers have off-site uh, um, devices, uh, things that are not really attached to network, um, uh, production uh, uh, computers, and so on. They will not appear in neither the Active Directory nor in a discovery solution or, or, uh, or inventory solution. It's then necessary to inventory them manually via Excel spreadsheets or standalone uh, scripts or so. And then it is possible to feed that back into, um, uh, into SmartTrack. Okay. So that is basically that is basically that situation. Um, but it, it's necessary, of course, to have separate uh, uh, several data sources that you can compare to. And at, at one point in time, somebody, well, the customer, has to be able to tell you um, how many devices they are expecting. Yeah. We, we we cannot we cannot estimate that. Right. But I guess if there are gaps, it's up to the asset manager to highlight that as a risk to say there's this black hole that exists that I found and I need to quantify it. Absolutely. Typically, the, the biggest fear is an audit. The auditors, they have like proven processes around finding, as a first step, finding the number of devices, comparing the delivered inventory to the number of devices. What they would do is they look into your license uh, server for your antivirus, compare it to your Active Directory, compare it to your accounting, um, uh, like, like your, your accounting books and so on. And then they will come up with a figure. And if, well, you have inventory for circa that figure, 
then you would be fine. But if there is a deviation of a couple of hundred devices, then they will typically ask why that can be. And they will have to, uh, well, they want you to investigate how that can happen. And we can, we can use the exact same approaches and we can compare what we have with what we are expecting and then come up with, with the delta. That's the first thing, of course. And then we need to know these are all the devices. Then we can report on devices that we don't get any inventory information for. We can close those gaps and then we are at least good on the discovery slash inventory part. Of course, then it is necessary to work with the information, normalize it and so on and so forth and find the right licenses and produce the balance. So final, final question for you, Matthias, is when you're in a RFI or RFI, RFP process with a potential customer, there's going to be certain tools out there whereby they don't take a feed from anything. They have to use their own inventory only. What do you, how do you position that with the customer? Because that, sometimes that can be quite a compelling proposition to the customer. The, the, the manufacturer will say, yeah, well, you get our inventory tool, you can inventory everything, even though you've got ACCM already, uh, we'll inventory everything and then we'll feed it directly into our tool and that will be the best solution. How do you, what, what's an independent view of that? Well, unfortunately, I don't see that as, as the fact anymore. So even uh, our main competitors that are having their own discovery solution, they are now ready to also integrate um, with existing tools. Um, because they have also uh, learned that it's not the best idea to just deploy yet another agent in the customer's environment. Um, nevertheless, uh, sometimes uh, we, we can actually convince somebody by just saying, well, we are not eager to sell you yet another uh, discovery or inventory solution. We are levering, leveraging whatever you have. And if the customer is ready to also um, adopt a couple of like, uh, standalone scripts and stuff like that, it's not even necessary to to buy anything further. It can also be a commercial decision. We have been in a larger um, server SAM project deal or RFI actually and were forced to go in with a major vendor of software, um, an American company with two letters in their name. And um, well, after all, it has become incredibly expensive because um, well, they want to earn money, we want to earn money. Um, it's not always the best thing to sell another di discovery solution. I would rather go with whatever the customer has. And typically, I would say that 80% of all the information that we need, we can already get from a rather mature IT organization. Of course, then there are a couple of holes that have to be plugged. And well, we typically can do that either with a well, solution or, or with, with, with any kind of um, script work. Perfect, okay. Uh, Matthias from Aspera, thank you very much for your time and um, for joining us on the podcast and uh, look forward to catching up with you again soon. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Join us at our annual conferences in London, Florida and Sydney to learn everything you need to know about ITAM in the cloud era. For more details, head to itassetmanagement.net forward slash events.